This podcast was recorded from our twice weekly live stream. To watch this video or see other episodes of The Spiritual Journalist, head to thespiritualjournalist.com or find me on YouTube. You can find a link in the show notes. I've always been a deeply curious person, talking with anyone who would listen and soaking in as much information as possible. So it's no surprise my love for storytelling led me to a career in journalism. But after nearly a decade working in newsrooms across the West Coast, I realized I wanted to start asking questions you probably wouldn't see on your local news. So I left my job as a morning TV reporter and started The Spiritual Journalist. This isn't just a YouTube channel, podcast, website, or social media page. This is a live conversation where you get to ask questions too, because I'm not the expert. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. My goal is to connect you with people who have profound experiences and inspirational stories to share. And we'll definitely mix a little astrology in too. So if you're like me, you have this insatiable curiosity and you love deep conversations too, well, this is the place for you. Together each week, we'll explore everything from crystals and tarot to mental health and the environment. There are no wrong questions here. My ultimate goal is for you to come away from each episode with a new perspective and an expanded consciousness. This is a channel for the collective. This is a community for the curious. This is The Spiritual Journalist. Good morning. Thank you so much for being with us for our second episode of The Spiritual Journalist. We started our stream a little bit late today. I'll bring on Morgan right now so we can just, we made it. We can celebrate. <laughs> we had some technical issues. The universe wanted to delay this stream a little bit, but we're here and I'm so grateful you're joining me today. Yes, I'm so happy to be here, Olivia. Thank you for having me. It's funny because we've been trying to get this stream going. The app was glitching and you were saying like, this happens to you all the time. This <laughs> happens to me all the time. I tried hosting my own um, online workshop uh, back in August, maybe it was, or I don't remember. No, October. And I could not get it to work. We ended up starting like a half hour late. It was okay because it was a small class. But yeah, this happens to me all the time. I don't know. It must be my energy. <laughs> Your energy is just like too intense for the stream yeah, for yeah. to handle or Can't something. handle it. <laughs> We, we don't mesh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, for those who are new to The Spiritual Journalist, here's how this is going to go. This is a live conversation, so I already see people joining the chat. Julian says, trust the universe. Yes, the universe brought us into this broadcast right on time, right? Uh, and so we're going to start with a little astrology reading for you we're going to look at your chart and then we'll dive into your magic tarot the divine feminine all of the things that you bring through your social media and through your work and then we're going to end usually i pull a card at the end of our shows but since this is your expertise <laughs> you're going to do a little reading for us sound good perfect sounds great okay. well let's just dive right into your chart then so I'm here for this. 
Yeah, you said you've never actually gotten a full astrology reading. I have never had a full astrology reading. I've done a little research myself online, but I have never had a reading, so I'm excited for this. <laughs> yeah, because you post a lot about astrology and talk a lot about astrology on your page, and you are pretty educated on it, it seems like. But I'm no expert, it, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm learning. We're, we're all learning, right? So... Uh, you know that you are a Capricorn, right? That's where your sun is. But you actually have what's called a stellium in Capricorn, three or more planets in Capricorn. So you are really going to feel that Capricorn energy. Like that is you, right? Mm -hmm. But you also have a stellium in Scorpio where your moon is. So those are kind of the two energies dominating your chart, Capricorn and Scorpio, your sun and your moon, but also you have a ton of other planets in those houses. Your rising sign is in Leo. So you probably are very confident when you first meet people or you come across as very confident. Uh, and your Mars is also in your first house. So that intense motivation or drive or passion probably comes across right when you meet people or is really prominent within your personality and how you present yourself which I have been following you for a while, and I can say your passion definitely comes through on social media. So that's likely uh, that Mars placement there in your first house. Uh, so being a Capricorn, you are ruled by Saturn. The planet Saturn rules Capricorn. So I always like to look to where the ruling planet is in the chart, and your Saturn is here in Pisces in your seventh house. So you're still pretty young, right? You're like, what, 25? 6, 25? 26, yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, and so your Saturn return hasn't really mm -mm. kicked into high gear <laughs> yet. Uh, it being your Saturn being in your seventh house means it'll likely have to do with relationships of some sort. Um, but also because your ruling planet is Saturn and because it's in Pisces, I really see that as being your spiritual side coming out. You're kind of ruled by this spirituality or your ability to see beyond the 3D, um, your ability to maybe communicate across the veil, things like that. Um, because your ruling planet is in Pisces. So yeah, those are kind of the main energies I see. Also, your Venus is in Scorpio across from your midheaven. Your midheaven in Taurus is kind of the position of where you'll have the most success in your career. So hard work is probably very important to you, especially when it comes to your career. You're probably very committed and you might even be a little bit like stubborn or fixed in your what you want and your desire um, <laughs> yes <laughs> you have this goal you know you're going to achieve it and you know or you think you know the best way to get there <laughs> but your venus being and your moon really being opposite your midheaven means that you can use that intuition that emotion that desire that connection to the divine feminine um, as the thing that will complete your work or bring you the most success in work, which is just like so perfect, right? That's everything that you do in your work currently. Yeah. Um, and then also your Mercury in Capricorn means that you're probably very matter of fact when you're communicating mm -hmm. with people. Um, you kind of just like say it how it is. You probably don't sugarcoat things and your communication is probably very practical. 
but it's also forming this trine to your midheaven as well. So your midheaven is making multiple connections. And a trine is a harmonious angle. So your communication flows very easily when you're working or when your communication is going to flow easily with your ultimate purpose in your career and your goals. And I know you're a Capricorn, so you're like, yes, keep talking about my career, keep talking about my goals, like all about the work, all about the work. Um, yeah, so those are just kind of the main things I see. Also, your Jupiter is in Sagittarius down here in your fourth house, which is a great placement when it comes to abundance because Jupiter rules Sagittarius. So it's right at home in Sagittarius. And I kind of see this as uh, that you'll be abundant if you want to start your own family or um, you could might maybe be the person who sees a higher perspective or has a higher understanding than maybe the people who raised you. Mm. So <laughs> that could be something that comes into play. And then the last little thing uh, that I can point out here is that your Saturn is opposite your Mars. Uh, it's not an exact opposition, but it is coming into an opposition. So I would say your Saturn return could kind of be a little like of a an intense or angry time for you, <laughs> or your anger or your passion could be something that teaches you lessons within your Saturn return. So okay. yeah, is there anything else that you are noticing or that you have noticed about your own astrology chart and your own research? Um, no, but I have to say, I love your interpretation of the Saturn in Pisces, because I feel like that clarifies a lot. Like when <laughs> I was a child, you know, being a Capricorn, I was always like, why aren't I a Pisces? Like, I want to be the intuitive one, you know what I mean? And then obviously, as I got older, I realized that it's different, you know, it's applied differently throughout the signs than just like, what they say in the sun sign, you know, in the books. Um, but I really like your interpretation of that because I'm like, that's what my younger self was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, it's funny that your Venus is in Scorpio because you probably always had this desire to tap into that intuition and go deep and really feel those emotions similar to Pisces energy, but a little bit more intense and like dark and shadowy, you know? Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that you're like, I feel like this highly sensitive, intuitive person because you are a Scorpio moon. And so am I. So I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> All right. So that's a little breakdown of your chart. Just, just the basics to go over. I like to start with that because I think people watching and listening are like, oh, I'm a Scorpio moon or I'm a Capricorn too, you know, and then they yeah. can kind of identify with you or uh, relate to you a little bit. It's so, a language that I feel like is beneficial to everyone at this point, you know, so seeing examples of it, I think will really help people to, you know, figure out where they fit in and understand themselves more. And it's so fun, too, because the more I start to see other people's charts, the more I realize the kind of energy I draw in. So like, I am so attracted to Capricorns. My partner is a Capricorn. A lot of my female friends are Capricorns. I, I don't really know why, but I'm just like drawn to Capricorns like moth to a flame, which is so funny that I feel so connected to you through social media because yeah. A, you're a Capricorn, 
B, you have the Scorpio moon. So mm -hmm. when I see your chart, it's very easy for me to say like, oh, this is why I'm That's so drawn to her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about how you and I connected. Uh, I found you through Instagram, like most people probably do. And just explain to everybody what you do for your business and what kind of content you put out on Instagram. Okay, sure. So um, the main thing that I post to Instagram is daily card readings, or at least I try to do them daily as much as possible, usually daily. Um, but I love to tune into the daily energy and just kind of give everyone an idea of what they might be feeling, experiencing, what might show up for them. Um, I think the greatest part of that for me is being able to help everyone like through these times because the energy is just crazy all the time I feel like and getting more so as we continue so I love being able to be like okay um this is the energy that I feel today and then people responding and saying that they feel it as well I'm like okay that I'm doing my work you know um but yeah so I mainly do the daily card readings um and then I post a lot of um just little inspirational either quotes or just little motivational posts because um, I really enjoy getting to offer um, that to kind of balance the, the card readings. Yeah, so just a little look at your profile. It's so beautifully curate, curated. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned these times, this energy we're dealing with. Kind of describe that. What do you think what are these times bringing? What are, what's the overall energy you're feeling right now? Oh, <laughs> um, you know, oh, this is like such a big topic. I feel, <laughs> um, something that's been talked about since like the sixties, I feel like, um, kind of with the peace and love era, everyone back then, I feel like could, tell intuitively that we were moving into a time of more love, compassion, understanding on this planet. And I personally feel that the shifts coming have to do with everyone tuning more into their divine feminine energy, right? So the divine feminine energy governs intuition, emotions, vulnerability, things like that. And I mean, there's more to it than that. But those are the main things that I think of when I think about the changes happening on the planet. Um, and then there's also divine masculine energy, um, which it's more logical, it's more structured. And it's not that that's a bad thing. But I feel that collectively, humanity has kind of fallen into a way of toxic masculinity instead of divine masculinity. And um, to balance that and bring the planet into a greater state of harmony, we have to tune into that divine feminine energy and allow that to rise. And then we'll see that that utopian world that everybody's always dreaming of, of, you know, connection, love, understanding, compassion, and so on. And when we're talking about divine feminine, divine masculine, these are energies we all have within us, both energies. Yes, yes, we all have both divine feminine and divine masculine. Um, and so does the planet itself, you know, um, so that's why it's, it's kind of like the divine masculine 
energy within all of us has kind of become a little bit toxic because we're always pushing ourselves to do more or forcing ourselves into um, places where we just don't fit because we think we have to or we think society wants us to or, you know, uh, it's different for everybody. It could even just come down to I have to pay my bills, so I have to make myself do this, you know. But the divine feminine asks us to connect within and find those things that we're really passionate about, that really feel right to us. It's kind of like an awakening of authenticity. Um, and it's not that I don't want to sound like I'm saying divine masculine energy is bad, because it's definitely not. We need both to be whole, complete, balanced people. Um, but I think we have to kind of start with the divine feminine, let her rise, and then the masculine can rise into their divinity as well within each of us. I know a lot of your work focuses on the divine feminine, but while we're talking about the divine masculine, what do you think makes up a healthy divine masculine energy? What does that look like? I'm trying to think of the right words for this. Divine <laughs> masculine, well, that has to do with the authenticity too. It's the authenticity, mm -hmm. it's the confidence, it's um, being able to take aligned action. So the divine feminine would be more of the creative, um, almost like where your ideas or your inspiration comes from, but it's the divine masculine that actually pushes you forward and helps you carry these um, manifestations into the physical, I suppose. So I see the divine masculine as that, willing to um, take the leap of faith, go after what's important to you, um, uh, speak your truth, um, you know, things like that. Yeah, I love how you talk about authenticity because I think so much of the masculinity that we're seeing right now is based on comparison or obligation or I think a lot of men, especially not that all divine masculines are men, but I think a lot of men feel this, I should be doing this, or these are my societal responsibilities. And I yeah. think that is kind of the problem that we have these expectations or these standards that men feel like they need to live up to. And, you know, then it, it creates that inauthenticity or almost that performance aspect. Yeah, well, speaking of that, um, an aligned divine masculine energy is also okay with being vulnerable, tuning into their intuition, tuning into their emotions, you know. Um, so I think that will create a huge shift within people when, they, when they're willing to find the balance between the two, you know, in a healthy way. Right. It's all about finding that internal balance between mm -hmm. our own divine feminine and divine masculine energies. So I think it's so uh, interesting that our conversation took us here almost right away because <laughs> you on social media, you come across as this like very wise soul that just that just is exactly what I thought of when I was first connecting with you or drawn to your content. Um, and, you know, even on your website, you say like, I'm a little witchy, you kind of have this witchy vibe, but you connect being a witch or a modern witch or whatever you want to call it with divine femininity in such a beautiful way. Thank you. Yeah, I really feel like, well, honestly, I feel like everyone's a little bit witchy. If you have a crystal, if you have a card deck, if you wear crystal jewelry, if you have um, 
incense even you're a little bit witchy um and yeah I or think even if does. you just kind of like make wishes or see signs right like even just the smallest thing <laughs> if you blow out candles on your birthday cake <laughs> you're a right witch. <laughs> yeah you're you're setting that intention and releasing it to the universe right yeah. but um i do feel like the witchiness the witch archetype i guess ties in with divine feminine archetypes yeah. 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 Because I, I, you said this so beautifully when we were talking the other day, but a lot of the witch, it, it's called the witch wound. I've seen it referred to as is kind of the same thing as the divine feminine wound. Yeah. It's that, it's that desire to be in alignment, be in your authenticity, um, be connected with your intuition and to feel that power. I feel like a witch is just a powerful person, right? It's someone who knows who they are, knows their abilities, their power, is willing to listen to their intuition, is willing to um, do those things that we were talking about between divine feminine and divine masculine, you know, um, take those leaps of faith, take that aligned action. Um, that's what a witch is to me. So it's it's really, it doesn't matter how you practice witchcraft, right? You don't have to be doing rituals, but you can. But I think the main point to me is knowing your power, tuning into it and utilizing it. And then, then you're a witch to me. And for people who say, okay, that sounds great. Like I want to find my power. I want to use it. How, how do we actually do that? The first thing that comes to mind for me is always authenticity. Always, always, always. Because, well, authenticity and self-worth. Because when you know who you are, who you really are, and then you develop that self-worth, that self-love, then it becomes so much easier to to tune into your power and use it because before you solidify that self-love you don't think you're worthy of the things that you desire or of having the power that you have um so once you solidify that self-love a little bit more then it's almost like your inner self or your higher self is like excuse me you love yourself, like, don't put up with this anymore, you know? And then you're like, okay, I, I can't, all right, I have to, I have to, because I love myself, you know? And then it keeps pushing you forward. Are you speaking from experience here? I have am. You your own journey with self-worth? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like, I was just talking about this the other day, I feel like I was born as an intuitive child, and I always had this higher wisdom, but I didn't have the experience. So my, my boyfriend actually worded it as like, you have wisdom beyond experience. And I'm like, that's definitely me because having that higher wisdom, I feel like kept me kind of in a cycle where if someone did something that upset me or was disrespectful to me, I would turn it into, well, they're just learning. They're, this is their path, their awakening, their, it doesn't mean anything about me. It's their journey, their learning, you know. So I wouldn't speak up for myself or I wouldn't say when something was bothering me. I wouldn't express my emotions when I was younger. It took me 
probably until I was about 25, honestly, to start really like, no, this is not how it's going to be, you know? Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because I noticed that looking at your chart too, your Chiron is in your second house. Um, and so what that tells me is that your deepest wounds will come from worth and value. But once you heal those wounds, you'll be able to help other people heal them as well. So when you were talking about self-worth, I'm like, I have to show her this on her chart. <laughs> and your Chiron's in Virgo too, um, which is a lot about service and kind of like mm. you, what you were talking about. You want to serve others by or give them the benefit of the doubt by, oh, it's just their journey or whatever. But once you were mm -hmm. really able to own that power and know like, hey, I'm worthy of more than this. I have more value than how people are treating me. Um, did that help you manifest or move to the next level of your own consciousness or experience? I think so. But I think like you were saying with the service, that's, that's pretty much my main goal. So anything that I experience, I'm like, perfect, I can help people with this. You know, I never, I never want people to think that I know everything and that I'm, telling them how to be or how they should be existing. I'm speaking from my experience all the time. Um, and I take it as I'm experiencing this not only for my own soul, but so I can help all these other souls who find me, you know, everything I experience, everything I, everything I experience, I guess that's the only way to word it. I feel like it's serving a purpose higher than, you know, just myself. I want to be able to share those experiences with everyone else I was going to say something else about this and it slipped away from me maybe it'll come back <laughs> it'll come back if if it's meant to yeah um yeah i i think you're already doing that with the card pulls you do the wisdom you share um and yeah i just i think that seeing your astrology chart it's just very much supporting that you are doing what you're meant to do in this lifetime. But you talked about how your boyfriend described you, having wisdom without experience. And now you're gaining that experience day by day. How is that affecting the wisdom that you feel was innately in you or that you were born with? Oh, I love it. I love everything that's happening now because the little child in me is just like, I knew that, you know, I knew that was going to happen one day, or I knew I was meant to do this or that. And it's just so wonderful to get to actually experience it and get that confirmation. You know, even though I consider myself to be very intuitive, there's still days where I'm like, am I right about that? I'm doubting my intuition now, <laughs> you know? So anytime you get confirmation, you're just like, yes, I knew it, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah I think... and you go ahead. You've posted about that though, doubting your intuition. And um, I have gone through the same thing. And in fact, when I'm doubting my intuition, I've actually pulled up Instagram and seen a post from you <laughs> about doubting your intuition. This is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, you are always on the same wavelength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so, how do you lock back into it or find that confidence in your intuition okay. again when? you're not sure because so much of your work doing readings for other people is intuitive. I think actually, like you said, with the Instagram, one of the greatest things for me is getting on Instagram, getting on Twitter and someone, sometimes it's someone I don't even follow, 
you know, is sharing a message with something exactly that I was thinking about or feeling or, or an intuitive message that I already received. And then they have almost the exact same words on there. And I'm like, wow, okay, so I'm right, I'm right. Or, you know, sometimes you just have to surrender and be patient and wait to see it through. Um, sometimes I feel like confirmation can come in the form of angel numbers or other repetitive messages that you might might receive. Um, but I think those are some of the greatest. Sometimes dreams, I feel like sometimes my dreams can confirm things for me. Um, but yeah, I think you just kind of have to be patient and wait it out. Um, I was reading a book a few months back about just developing intuition more. Um, and she was saying to write a journal, basically, and write down your little intuitive hits. And then I think, I think her name is Maria. Oh, no, it's Melissa. It's Melissa Alvarez. Her book, mm. um, oh, I have it over there. Maybe I'll share it to Instagram later. Um, but yeah, just kind of write down your intuitive insights. And then you can go back and reference it later. And the more that you see your intuition being right, the more you trust it. I think that was one of the biggest things for me, um, especially doing readings for people when people, you know, write back to me and say that that really um, resonated with them. It was really accurate, things like that. Then I start to like, okay, yeah, I trust it. I trust it. I trust it. You know, that really helped a couple of years back when the business was first starting. Definitely. Um, and, and that intuitive piece is so important for your business. What do you do when it feels off and you know you have a couple readings that day? Like, how do you get back into the zone or do you have any quick ways to kind of reconnect? Um, yes, I enjoy using aura sprays and things like that, incense, um, sage and um, Palo Santo. I like to use those because those are just so nice to clear and recenter. Um, essential oils, I use those um, like uh, roll-ons. That helps. Um, I love to ground myself. Grounding myself always helps to recenter. There are days where um, I feel like I'm just not in it today. And those are days where I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to wait until tomorrow because I never want to um, give somebody a bad reading because I'm not in the right energy. So there are days where I have to, okay, I'll do this one tomorrow. I can't do this right now, you know, but on days where I'm like, not quite at that point, that's when I turn to my little tools, my little witchy tools, I guess. Um, crystals. I always have, um, selenite with me. Two I have right here in yeah. front of me. See? Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, you have a beautiful, like super long piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, wow. Like the whole screen. I know. I, yeah. I love that guy. It, when it falls on the floor, which it does quite often, <laughs> I, I get so scared. <laughs> because those one, the, this crystal can break really easily. But, you know, if it breaks, it just means that it's time for a new one. It did its job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love how you talk about being patient with yourself and waiting if it doesn't feel right. I think that is intuition in itself. You know, if you're not feeling super connected, trusting yourself that, okay, tomorrow will be better. better tomorrow day. I'll be more open. Yeah. Um, but you also talked about getting that confirmation through social media. And this is kind of a revelation that I had this year. 
I was really in a place um, at the beginning of 2021 where I just hated social media. I was in a state of this is the reason everything is wrong with the world. <laughs> There's too much information. It's too overwhelming. Um, and just couldn't see the real purpose of it. And then something clicked within me and it probably had to do with following you as well, because I started making connections, real connections through social media. And when I was going through my darkest times, I would open that app and see a card poll or see a quote or see a message and feel that validation or that connection. And I realized that these platforms can actually help us connect to a higher power or spirit or whatever you want to call it. So what is your take on social media and the spiritual world and how they kind of work hand in hand and, and where do you see it going? <laughs> um, well, I think that this is really a wonderful time to be alive, honestly. Um, it's kind of funny because we were talking about like the the 60s earlier right with that peace and love desire and um although there were so many people who were feeling that and wanting to build that community i feel like the message wasn't able to get across the way our messages can today because we can share a message about that and it can be seen by somebody on the other side of the world so I feel like if this is going to be like the age of Aquarius, the ascension, the journey into the 5D, the rise of the divine feminine, whatever you want to call it, if that's if we're creating a golden age on earth basically, I feel like social media is one of the main keys that's helping with that. If it weren't for social media, I wouldn't get to do this full time right now. You know, so I'm incredibly grateful for social media for that reason. I've met lots of people who I love, who I connect with just through this business, through social media, you know. Um, and I know there's going to be many more. Um, so it's really I think it's it's a great thing, but there needs to be a balance with it as well. Yeah, really easy to get sucked in. But uh, yeah, I almost see social media as being like its own metaverse or its own reality in a way. And we can all kind of go into it and connect with each other on this other plane. And once I started seeing it in those terms and seeing how much more access to information people have because of social media. It really mm -hmm. helps restore my faith in the direction technology is going um, because like I said, it can be really overwhelming. But in the same breath, you talked about balance and this is how my Scorpio moon manifests. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I found you, I, I found maybe one or two other readers or, you know, people on Instagram that I really love their messages. And then I thought, I became a little obsessed and I was like, I'm going to follow all of these oracles, tarot readers, people on Instagram. I just, anytime I saw a reading, I would follow. And then I started to realize that I didn't resonate with every single card that came through. I started to realize which readers I did resonate with and which ones didn't really vibe with me. So how important is it, do you, do you think, to find someone, um, if you are into tarot or into connecting with those practices through social media, how important is it, do you think, to find someone who 
actually resonates with you and vibes with you? And, and how do you tell? I think that's incredibly important because if you are just getting a reading from someone that you don't really feel that pull to or that connection with, I just don't feel like the message is going to be as spot on. Or I feel like there's even been times where I've done a reading where I can feel that the the person that I'm doing the reading for is either looking for a specific answer to something, looking looking to hear something specific, I guess, or or um, honestly, this this is a good example here. People will really resonate with my reading, and then they'll want to buy one for a loved one from me for someone else, which I'm so grateful for because I love, you know, the word of mouth, the sharing, and I really appreciate that. But I find that those readings don't always resonate with them. And I think it's because they didn't find me on their own. You know, you kind of have to find the person that you're, whose energy just feels right to you. Otherwise, I just feel like it's not going to resonate as much or they're just not going to tune into you in the way that they could if they were someone that you really resonated with. Yeah, and on that note, I think that's a great piece of advice if you are seeking a tarot reading or a reading of any kind about the energy you bring to the table. How, how can that affect the reading? That is also very important. <laughs> I feel like you have to be open. You have to be... Yes, you can ask a specific question, ask about a certain situation. That definitely works for me, you know, but I feel like you have to be willing to really be open to whatever comes through in whatever way it comes through. And you have to be open to the person checking your energy. Um, I feel like sometimes there's, there's people who which understandably, they want to know if you're really psychic or if you're really, you know, as good as your reviews or whatever, um, which is, again, like a very valid question. But you also have to be willing to be open because if you're closed off and thinking, oh, how psychic is this person, then the reading is not going to get as deep as it could. There could still be things that resonate, but I feel like more, the more open you are, the more I can receive for you you know. Definitely. And I, I talked to you about this before. Um, earlier this year, I walked into a little metaphysical shop in Portland and there was a reader there. And so I got really excited and I was like, I'm going to get a reading. And she just charged by the minute, you know, so it was like, I'll get like a quick 10, 15 minute reading. And this is just kind of an anecdote about how important energy is in these readings. So I, she said, you can record this. So I went to open my recordings, voice memos on my phone. And one of the first things I saw was a recording from one of my old bosses who was super toxic and hostile. And I instantly felt that feeling of fear. And, but I was like, okay, no, 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 no. So I start the recording and what kept coming through with she pulled from like seven different decks but it was all very negative wow. and i'm like i'm a very optimistic positive person like i go into readings thinking like okay this is gonna be good like they're gonna tell me something great you know and so part of me thinks okay this was my energy coming from a fear state or coming from like remembering this really traumatic 
uh, environment. And then also I think her energy as a reader was more of kind of warnings and, or maybe that's just what came through. So, you know, how do you navigate that? How, how do you, as somebody who's getting a reading, make sure that you're coming in with the right energy and, and can fear block the messages coming through or even, um, kind of enhance the messages coming through and make them more fearful? I don't think so. Not from my experience. Because okay. I can usually feel when somebody is fearful of something, you know. Um, but the messages still come through. So I don't think that that would be a block. Um, I, I mean, it might depend on the reader. I'm not really mm -hmm. sure. I guess it depends on how. Because I also feel like everyone's intuition works so differently. Um, but I feel like at this point, I can usually tell if it's their fear or if it's actually, you know, a divine message from source coming through. But then again, the messages from source to me never really have um, any type of, I don't know, I want to say vibration, but I feel like that's not the right word because they obviously have a vibration. But mm -hmm. I feel like messages from source are never um, a frantic in either direction. They're never like, yay, you're going to get the job. And they're never like, no, you're not going to get the job. Oh, my God. They're more like, you're going to get the job. You know, they're flatter than, than fear yeah. or even excitement. Um, so that's kind of how I can tell the difference between, you know, if it, like I can tell when it's the fear coming from the person and when source is like, no, it's fine, you know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny because now looking back on that reading I got because I was like, I did not have a great experience. I did not like what she had to say. So mm -hmm. I went back to the recording on my flight home and listened to it again. And it's funny because over the next couple of months or, or the past couple of months, I should say, I keep coming back to that reading and things start to make sense, not necessarily because of her interpretation, but because... I remember which cards were where or remember her pointing out one thing or another thing because mm -hmm. of the cards that came through. So do you recommend that people kind of revisit their readings or reflect on them a little bit after the fact when we do have that knowledge or that experience that we mm -hmm. can use to reflect? I think it's very important that you not only go back and, you know, reflect on the reading again in the future, but also see what your intuition feels when you're reading it or watching it. Um, because you may pick up something that the reader themselves doesn't pick up, or the reader may say something and it'll just connect in a different way for you, you know, because the readers aren't always going to know everything that's going on in your life and everyone who's around. Um, I feel like for me, it's primarily energies that I feel, you know, like I, I can't always say it's this specific person. Sometimes I can, it depends on what comes through, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's really important that you reflect and go back and see what your own intuition says, because that makes the reading better. Yeah. And you know yourself better than the reader usually does, you know? So yeah. I think that's important to remember too, that uh, any sort of reading you get, they don't know you as well as you know yourself. So yeah, I don't know. For me, I just felt this like intense energy the whole time during that reading. And, you know, maybe that was a sign in itself still reflecting on that. And that was in July, I think. So 
Um, yeah, I just, it's so interesting because I, anytime I get like a negative reading or like, I, I very easily push negativity away. I'm like, no, but sometimes <laughs> yeah. the biggest message is even when I do my own card pulls, sometimes I'll get a card I don't like. And I'm like, nope. What's yeah. my message? <laughs> Definitely. And then uni the universe is like, no, that was your message. That was definitely <laughs> your message. It shows me that that was the message. So when you are doing readings, who do you feel like you're communicating with? Where do you feel like the information is coming from? I've heard you refer to it as source. Yeah, um, definitely source um, or the spirit team, the angels and the guides of the person I'm reading for or sometimes my own guides. I, I feel like it's different all the time, honestly, but I always do call in my guides and ask for protection um, before starting a reading. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I, I, for someone else, I'm definitely tuning in with their guides. Um, and, and you can feel the difference between them too. Some, some of them are more silly, some of them are more serious. Um, but yeah, so the, the person's guides, I would say most, but I kind of just, I kind of normally will just word it as spirit because it's a little bit easier. You know, it's, it's all coming from the same place anyway, even if I'm connecting with a guide, it's coming from source energy, you know? And I, I really, maybe this is just my own awakening, but I've noticed over the past couple of years, it's becoming more and more common to refer to source, spirit, uh, the universe, goddess, as mm -hmm. God. Do you think they're all the same thing? Yes, I do. I, um, I don't know. I suppose I would be, what is it, polytheistic? Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I would say that because... I, I feel that all of the gods and goddesses are out there helping us, you know, um, but it's all, e even humans included, our own souls, we're all just expressions of source energy. So it's kind of like, it's almost like tuning into a different vibration, I guess. Connecting with a certain goddess is a different um, vibration of source energy, right? That's what yeah, I Yeah, and... And you share about that as well, connecting with different goddesses or um, like you've talked about, is it Hectate? Mm -hmm. Talk to me about those learning experiences as you start connecting with new guides or even connecting with ancient practices. Mm -hmm. So those, the Hecate one is very interesting to me, at least it might sound a little silly, but it was something like I have a couple goddess books and I would be just randomly opening pages and Hecate's name would jump out at me. And I'd be like, okay, I, all right, interesting. And then like another day later, I would be looking at like a spiritual magazine or something. And it would say, you know, something, something working with Hecate. And I'd be like, what? Okay. Like, so then like her name would just keep showing up and showing up and showing up. And so when I looked into her, I was like, okay, now I understand why I keep seeing your name and now I'm going to, you know, try and connect with you and work with you a little bit more. So she is um, known as like the mother of witches, basically. Um, How and perfect. she, yeah, she, this is her season now, crone season, Scorpio season would be her season because she kind of, or she does help with um, death and rebirth cycles and transitions and things like that. And so um, she came at a time where 
I was, I guess, expanding my own um, understanding of things, yes, but also my career as a whole. And so I think that she was kind of showing up to help me, like, you know, see what I needed to see, learn what I needed to learn, take in, you know, more insights, and then carry me through this, like, career transition that's kind of happening, you know. And when you are connecting with her, does that look like direct downloads coming through, direct communication, or does it look like signs or, you know, her name popping out in books and things like that? Um, I think it's all of it. I think it's all of it. Um, but more specifically, when I'm trying to work with someone like that, I tend to do meditations with them or something um, to really draw in the energy. So with Hecate, I actually just found some guided meditations on YouTube and that was able to help me, you know, connect with her energy a little bit more. Um, and then from there, I usually start out with like some guided meditations and then I'll kind of take it on my own. It's almost like you need someone to show you how to tune into that energy. And then once you know how you can go off and do it on your own. Um, so then I would just connect with her that way and see what came up for me in those meditations. Yet another benefit of the times we're living in, YouTube mm -hmm. meditations are everything. I love them so much. Or even just like binaural music on YouTube, mm -hmm. binaural beats. There's Great so back. much good stuff out there. <laughs> YouTube is content. one of the greatest tools right now. Definitely. Definitely. And and we're live on YouTube. So how perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we talked about connecting with Hecate. We talked about connecting with source, how you do it. Um, what I'm really curious is you talk about being born remembering and you talk about having this wisdom. When did you start to realize you had this relationship with a higher power or this ability to tune into it? Well, it was something that I was always interested in, for sure. Like, I was the kid waiting for my Hogwarts acceptance letter to come to the house. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what I was doing. Um, uh, so it was something that I was always drawn to. I was always drawn to stories about witches. I was always drawn to um, the story of King Arthur, which I think is fun because his half-sister is Morgan Le Fay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know how convenient. Um, so, you know, I was always drawn to things like that. Um, but I would say that I didn't really start trusting my intuition or I didn't really feel like I had an intuition. It always felt like something that I wanted to have, but didn't have, you know, but then once I was in high school, I think it was one of my friends went to a different school. This is one of the, the first experiences that, that I remember. But one of my friends went to another school and they were talking to me um, on the phone and they were like, yeah, I like this guy. Like, can you tell me about him? And I was like, he looks like this and he does this and he does this. And they were like, yeah, you're right. That's exactly him. I was like, OK, wow, I'm intuitive. You know, like, seriously, that was one of the first moments for me. So then from there, I was very lucky because my mom would take me to spiritual classes and she she would take me to past life regressions she would take oh, wow. me to yeah she would take me to chakra classes angel classes my mom was i was 15 going to those classes with my mom so i mean having her to help like support i think is part of the reason why i'm where i'm at now you know oh yeah um, 
Yeah, it was but definitely you accepted. Have, you also have this like old soul about you, I feel like, you know, it, it's, uh, I mean, you talk about kind of being born, remembering past lives. Have you done past life regression? Do you know what your past lives looked like? Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of them. Others have been like read and told to me, but I have seen some. Um, I was very fortunate to work with a local woman who um, did a few past life regressions for me and taught me how to do it myself. Um, so that was a great experience. But yeah, um, I have seen some of them and they definitely clear up things that I've experienced in this life. Um, I do feel like I was seeing them when I was younger, like as a child, but I don't think I realized that's what I was seeing when I was younger. Um, my mom nicknamed me grandma when I was like six years old. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. I feel like that's so you. Like I don't even know you that yeah. well, but I do, I do feel like maybe it's your stellium and Capricorn. You just yeah. have this energy of like the matriarch or just kind of. She this, called like, me grandma the old. other day. Like it's still a thing. <laughs> it's yeah. funny too, because a lot of your work, you talk about the different archetypes of the divine feminine and how they correspond to the seasons. And you talk about ancient rituals and it almost seems like you remember doing these things. It would come through to me in writing the most, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I would just write either little poems or you know what have you and things like that would just come through to me like you know the new age and the old ways and i'm like i remember these old ways but i i don't know what i'm even talking about at the same time because i was like 16 you know yeah um but yeah um i don't know should i go into the archetypes or should i go into the rituals i feel like rituals and things come very naturally um, especially yeah. when you do start exploring them and reading about them, you're like, oh, that makes a ton of sense, you know. Um, and I think a lot of people shy away from them because there is this like witchy, dark association with a lot of them. Um, but it kind of goes back to the whole like divine femininity of it. And I think we've lost touch with a lot of these rituals that connect us with the earth and with each other. That's what I was going to say. It's really about connection with the earth. Um, that's what the rituals are. That's what um, the pagan Wiccan festivals are rooted in the changing of the seasons and the solstices, the equinoxes, things like that. Um, so it's not really, I feel like ancient, in ancient times, it wasn't really even about like the way you see in movies and TV, like, oh, I'm going to do a spell and I'm going right. to you know, bring about whatever it is I'm trying to bring about. It was more about I'm, I'm going to uh, show the universe gratitude for the abundance that I have, or I'm going to, you know, pray for, uh, a healthy and abundant winter, you know, um, I feel like it was more about connecting with the earth and, and through connecting with the earth, you connect more with that divine feminine energy. Why do you think that at least, American culture. I mean, we know about the Salem witch trials. We know kind of the history behind witches. But 
why do you think we have just automatically associated all of these rituals with dark magic um, when so many of the holidays that we currently celebrate, like Halloween and Christmas, have roots in these pagan rituals? It's like it's almost been commercialized and we've forgotten the connection. <laughs> I feel like the, the they don't want you to know. <laughs> I think that kind of like how I was talking about at the beginning, the toxic masculinity, that is the energy that rules the world right now. Um, the patriarchy, the patriarchy doesn't want to, I, I almost don't even want to say it, but it's true. The patriarchy doesn't want to see strong women. They associate witchcraft mm. with women, right? So that's, where it comes from. They want to stay in power. They don't want the women utilizing their, their divine feminine energies. And so they've made that a negative thing for everyone. That's why they, you know, push men to be a certain way and to ignore their emotions, ignore their intuition, blah, blah, blah. And they do the same thing to women, you know, because they don't want to see people in their power, basically. That's what, That's what I is. love. Yes, exactly. That's why mm -hmm. I love this reclaiming of the word witch as just mm -hmm. a powerful woman who manifests her desires and taps into the power of the earth and herbs and crystals and, and knows her worth. Yes. Yeah. Back to the Chiron girl knows her <laughs> worth. <laughs> um, yeah. And something that I think is really empowering about the different divine feminine archetypes, I think a lot of times when we think of the divine feminine, we think of that image of mm -hmm. Venus in the shell, this young, beautiful woman with long hair or even this virginal woman. But understanding the archetypes kind of shows us how to tap into that divine feminine energy at every stage of our lives. Mm -hmm. I, I like that you've pointed out today that I have the Capricorn stellium and the Scorpio stellium because I'm like, okay, yes. that's why I'm such a crone then because it's all totally. in that season, right? So You are so, like this like wise old woman in this beautiful young 20-something body, I swear. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's probably like the best compliment. <laughs> um, you know, that was one of the things real quick, speaking about my childhood like I hated 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 people thinking that they were smarter than me or that they knew mm. more than me because I was a child or because I was younger than them and it must come from you know these memories from past lives and that heavy crone energy that I carry because that was something that always drove me crazy as a child I couldn't wait to become an adult because I was like I'm I'm tired of people like looking down at me you know that that was my child perception at least and that capricorn energy of like i'm a leader okay yeah. I'm with a leo I'm rising yeah oh yeah you're like hello everybody listen <laughs> to me i know the right way come on yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah talk us through these archetypes for people who don't understand yeah so there's three main archetypes of divine feminine energy and those are the maiden the mother and the crone so the maiden kind of governs that younger life cycle, you know, when you're, you know, a child pre, pre, probably even pre um, having your first period, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's the maiden energy. But if we're talking about 
tuning into the maiden energy within ourselves. Um, that would be when you're starting something new, when you're learning something new, when you're connecting with your environment, when you, yeah, having those new beginnings, um, uh, tuning into your skills, your creativity, that's maiden energy, okay? And then there's mm -hmm. the mother. So traditionally, the mother would have been when you enter a union with someone, when you get married, when you have a child. Um, and that energy is focused on abundance, gratitude, um, unconditional love, self-love, self-worth. You know, that's kind of where a woman comes into her power is in that life cycle, basically. Um, and then there's the crone, which deals with the end of the life death and then of course rebirth when you're reborn essentially as the maiden so if you are seeing an ending in your life for example um you're going through that transition you might be more in tune with the crone energy but you know that you're going to be shifting into the maiden again when you have a new beginning after this ending I love that so much. And I love, you know, as you're saying this, I, you infuse astrology into so much of your content, but it's like this maiden energy is like that Virgo virginal energy, right? Mm -hmm. And then following Virgo season, we have Libra season, which is all about partnerships or marriage, or you can even, um, you know, the mother could very much be like cancer energy as well, that mother divine feminine energy. And then, yeah. you know, you talked about Scorpio season, crone season, when, uh, Mother Earth is dying and being reborn. It's I just love learning about different modalities or interpretations of spirituality and energy because I always find there are so many links between yeah. them. You don't have to believe in tarot or astrology or numerology or whatever crystals or whatever. It all goes hand in hand so beautifully. Yeah, it all connects, it all intertwines. That's because even those things are just a part of source being expressed here, you know? Right, I love when people talk about it, like astrology being one way to interpret our DNA, you know, or human mm -hmm. design. I've heard it explained the same way. It's just one way of interpreting your DNA or seeing the different energy that makes you because you know you have a ton of capricorn energy in your chart so you can almost think of your dna makeup as being made up of like particles of saturn or something like that's how i visualize <laughs> i it love that I that's chart. awesome oh, yeah I, that's I think so cool. it's, it's a way to make it more approachable mm -hmm. too because we're all made up of the elements of the universe like the mm -hmm. whole makeup of the solar system we have those elements within us so of course we have a little bit of Saturn in us. And of course we have a little bit of Jupiter in us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's just, I, I love these conversations because it just helps bring everything together in such a beautiful way. So we've talked about the divine feminine. We've talked about finding your people on social media, the age of Aquarius. Now I would love for you to show us what you do best. So um, would you mind doing a little bit of a reading for us and just kind of talking us through your process? Yes, I would love to. Let me grab my deck here. Um, okay, so when I start a reading, well, actually, first, let me start with this. Today, I'm just using the Rider Waite Tarot. Okay. Um, I highly suggest this deck to anyone who is starting tarot, um, you know, starting that journey. Um, because it's the one that I learned from and it's 
it's one that is referenced or is the focal point of a lot of tarot books. Um, and aside from that, I feel like the imagery on these cards, like I know you and I had talked about this one the other day, yeah. Olivia, the devil, um, like this is something that could be a little off-putting. Um, but then there's cards like shy away from tarot because of these cards. because of I this for a long time scariness but then, the <laughs> <laughs> but then when you see something like this you're like okay that looks nice right so i really like that the rider weight deck kind of has that combination has both the light and dark energy because it can give you a better reading and a better understanding of what's going on and if you pull the devil, that doesn't mean that the devil is present or the devil is going to come ruin your life, right? Definitely not. And let me see now. I put it back. Here it is. Okay. I see the devil. Let's get this out of the way, right? <laughs> I see the devil as a karmic cycle, a habit, a pattern that is holding you back. Because if you look, it's got you know, the chains, these people are stuck here. It's something that you are allowing to hold you back, allowing to rule your life um, and something that you would be better off if you freed yourself from. So that's all that this card is to me. When this card shows up, I'm like, okay, you're experiencing a block or you are um, in the middle of a karmic cycle, you know, and it's up to you to free yourself. Basically, that's how I read this card. I love that. Um, and, and so as you're shuffling, as you're getting ready, kind of walk us through your process. What do you do between readings and what does it mean to clear the deck? Okay. Yes. So the first thing that I do always would be, um, an aura spray or a sage, mm -hmm. um, which I've done already. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, I always ground myself after that. And then I take, I <laughs> forgot to bring them over here, but I have an amethyst point and a um, clear quartz point. And I actually hold them to the chakras. So I hold the amethyst oh. to my third eye. Yeah, and I hold the, the quartz point to my um, crown chakra. And I will ask spirit, ask my guides to surround me in a white protective barrier of light and um, to prevent lower vibrational or negative energies or entities from interfering with the reading um, and uh, just visualize that like light of bubble and that opening with source. So those are the first things that I do. Do then, you give any like physical indications that you're dropped in? Um, sometimes, sometimes I will feel it. Sometimes it, some, well, no, 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 no. I always feel it. Sometimes it's more powerful than other times sometimes sometimes i do that and i'll grab the deck and immediately i'll start hearing like this is going to be a heavy reading and i'm like oh great <laughs> thanks you and know. when you're hearing are you hearing voices are you just intuitively getting thoughts what does that feel like yeah it's it's both i never really know how to describe that honestly it is both though it's like just hearing the thought like actually hearing a voice or more so like just a thought coming through i guess an intrusive thought you know that would be <laughs> that would be what For it sure. is okay um, so you've cleared the deck you are ready to go 
Yes. Well, I clear the deck with the selenite. So I always have the big guy over on my table. If you've had a reading with me, you've probably mine, seen it in pictures. Mine looks so dinky yeah. compared to yours. It's so little. <laughs> this is a nice spiritual block here. Like, look at that. It's like a weapon. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, so I always tap the deck to that. And I, it's not something that I like hold it there for a long time or anything crazy like that. I literally just tap it and lift it up. Like, mm -hmm. and I do that. Um, every time I grab a new deck in a reading and then I do that every time I start a new reading for somebody else. Okay. Good. These are all things I'm going to incorporate into our daily card pulls, not even tarot, <laughs> just Oracle card pulls. I think another important thing to note real quick as I'm getting started is I do not pull reversed cards. Okay. My oh, cards are okay. all upright. Um, this is because the woman who taught me, or who was one of my first tarot teachers, she also didn't pull reverse cards. And her reason for that, her name is Tony Spetz, if anyone local in Arizona wants to look her up. Um, she told me that she feels that people can get too confused between knowing the difference between an upright and a reverse card. And she mm -hmm. said, it's not about knowing the definition of a reversed card. It's about what do you feel intuitively? Mm -hmm. So I do not pull reversed cards because I don't, I don't, I feel like they just confuse my energy as well, right? I, I get confused when I see a reverse card, unless I'm shuffling or something and one pops out reversed. If it lands on the desk reversed or on the table reversed, I will always, always read it reversed. Um, and in that case, I tend to see it as a blockage or um, a delay of some kind, depending on what and it is. A card flying out of the deck for any sort of Oracle tarot is usually the universe saying like, this is the card, right? Pay That's attention like to this sign. one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Okay. So then I normally shuffle 11 times. I don't know why. It's always a different number. Like not always. The, for the last year or so, it's been 11 times. Um, before that, they would kind of, my guides would give me a number. And that still happens sometimes. Sometimes they'll be like, nope, don't shuffle 11, shuffle eight times. And I'll be like, okay, <laughs> we'll do, right. you know, but that's how I do it. And I'm already dropping cards. Hold on one second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> you would know. You're the intuitive yeah. one here. Yeah. That's not a card jumping out for our fun. That's me dropping a card. <laughs> Another thing I want to point out, actually, before I start mm -hmm. with this reading, would be um, pay attention when you're shuffling the deck to how well it shuffles. If it's going nice and smooth, then the energy for the situation is usually going smoothly. If it's like not wanting to shuffle, there's some type of resistance in the situation or in the person that you're reading for or about. So that's a great tip. I've never thought of that before. Yeah, that came to me. It was nothing. Nothing is mine. Okay. I want that to be very clear. Everything is coming from the divine for me. Like I, I didn't come up with that. They told me that. Look Thank at what we got. Perfect channel to just convey it. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> the devil. I the shuffled devil. it. <laughs> yep. Oh we got the gosh. devil. Hold on now. Wait, let's see. So we also got the two of wands and the world. So 
my focus for this reading is kind of just what what the people here need to hear today or whoever sees this, what you need to hear today. So okay. since this has been such a big deal, um, it's come up again. Spirit wants us to be aware of this right now. Um, there's definitely some type of cycle that is ending in your life or that needs to end in your life, something that you are working to release. Um, and again, we've been talking about Scorpio season, Crone season. This is the transformative time. This is the time to release habits, situations, experiences, feelings, whatever it is, beliefs that's no longer working for you um, and transform that into something else. So we also got this two of wands and then we got the, oh my gosh, I'm not used to, how am I doing this? Okay, here we go. The world. <laughs> so um, the two of wands to me, I always see that as like, being called somewhere, being pulled into a new direction. So it's really not a surprise that we have this devil card here, you know, because you're being pulled somewhere else, you have different options. Um, and then it's important to to look at the am I doing this wrong? Here we go. It's important <laughs> to look at the other imagery on the card, like we have the um, these flowers here, and that can represent um, love. And the guy is holding the globe in his hand. So it could be, you know, worldly things as well, universal things that are that are coming to you issues or things that you need to work through. And then with the world here, um, that is a card of both ending and beginning cycles. So really we got a perfect spread today about, you know, releasing what is no longer serving you, breaking those karmic cycles, those patterns, following the thing that's really calling you and then ending one chapter of your life to start a new one. I feel like that is so perfect for Scorpio season, for me personally, and just collectively, do you feel that energy of kind of karmic cycles ending? It really feels like the next couple months, there's huge shifts coming. I really, really think so. I keep getting things intuitively about 2022 for the collective. Mm -hmm. I kind of talked about this on my Instagram and probably my YouTube channel a little bit as well. Um, I just feel like with that 222 energy, with that six energy, there's going to be a lot of partnerships coming through, lots of balance and partnerships of all kinds. And also um, creating balance, not only within your relationships with other people, but within your relationship to abundance or love or health or whatever. So I just see a lot of those karmic cycles, those blocks being removed right now during this Scorpio. And Crone season lasts into like January as well when we like restart with the maiden the maiden is like the early spring springtime you know so we've got crone season for a few more months and i feel like we're just releasing really so we can start this new year off right and we have eclipse season starting it's this friday so that could bring some so that's gonna shifts. be pushing things forward a little bit you know yeah definitely. pulling things away it could just kind of shake up your life but mm -hmm. something you've been talking a ton about 2022 and just what you keep pulling in, what messages you keep receiving about it. Something else happening is the USA is having its Pluto return. Have you heard about this? 
No, I can't wait to hear about this. (laughs) So I'm sure I'll do something when it gets closer, but I think it's on 2-22-22. You're kidding. Crazy day. No way. Oh my God. So basically Pluto, you know, is so slow. It takes almost 250 years to go around the sun. And so the USA has literally never had a Pluto return. This will be our first Pluto return. (laughs) Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth. It's in Capricorn, uh, which represents no the patriarchy, represents masculine structures. So it's no surprise that like over the past couple of years, we've been feeling a lot of this, uh, you know, death and rebirth of yeah. structures of our government or shadows coming to light about the structures of our government. So I just no feel way. like that on top of everything else is there's a huge shift coming in 2022, I think, collectively, not just individually. You know what I mean? See, that is an example of confirmation for me, <laughs> right? Like when, yeah. you have the, when you have the astrology to back it up, you're like, okay, yeah, my intuition was right then because astrology is saying this. Like, wow, that's wonderful. For well, sure. now I'm even more excited. <laughs> And the same thing happens all the time when I'm feeling like, okay, this is the energy I'm pulling in for the the transits of the day or the astrology. And then I'll see one of your cards on Instagram that just perfectly aligns with the message I've been writing about or thinking about. So I, I feel like it's the confirmation goes both ways for sure. It's incredible how this universe works, the way that they link things together and just the universe is laying it out so clearly for all of us. Um, And I'm very happy to see more people being willing to open up to it. And I think social media is to thank for that. Well, social media is definitely to thank for bringing us together. So if people see this and they're inspired, they want to get a reading from you or just gain more of your wisdom, how can they follow you? Where can they find you? And how can they book with you? Okay, so I am most active on my Instagram right now. I am working to build a little Twitter page and build um, a YouTube channel. But yes, I am most active on my Instagram. My Instagram is Rising with Morgan. It's right up here in the corner. Um, And then other than that, my website is where you would book with me. And my website is risingwithmorgan.com. Um, I offer a few different types of readings. I have a, I have a few options up there. I also offer past life regressions, which we would do remotely, um, you know, like this. Um, and obviously not live, <laughs> but we would do them <laughs> remotely. Um, and then um, I also have a monthly membership, which is called Goddess Rising. So it's very focused on working with the divine feminine archetypes. And I also, um, we have a heavy focus on the moon in there and, um astrological transits like that but i don't get too much deeper into the astrology than that but yeah well i'm so grateful you came on with me today and before i let you go i also have to let you plug the book that you're writing i know it's just in the baby (sighs) steps of it but i want to put it out into the universe and whoever watched this far i'm sure will be following you for a long time so when can they look for your book to uh, start being sold or pre-sold yes thank you olivia Um, i'm very excited i do have a book coming out with hay house in 2023 Uh, it should be uh, made in season in 2023 Um, And it is focused on uh, divine feminine energy and how to work with divine feminine energy daily. 
So um, I am in the process of completing my manuscript now, and then we have 2023, and then it's coming. <laughs> I love it. It's been so awesome to see your audience grow over the past year or so since I started following you. And uh, the more I follow you, the more in tune i feel like i am with your energy mm. and your card pulls and i'm so glad we finally got to do this and chat yeah. kind of not in person but virtually like actually talk <laughs> to each other this is yeah. so fun it's been wonderful i'm so grateful that you had me on and i had such a great time well we'll have to do it again when your book comes out but until Definitely. then i will see you on instagram and i think i'm gonna have to book a past life regression or something. <laughs> oh, yes. I would love to. I would love to. Yes. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you so much, Morgan. And for those of you who watched this stream, thank you as well. Thanks for joining the conversation with us. We'll see you right back here on Thursday, same time, 10 a.m. We have a really great conversation, one that might crack your heart open, but also make you feel so grateful to be alive on this earth right now. So thank you so much. And until the next time, stay curious. Thank you so much for joining our discussion today. If you enjoyed this episode of The Spiritual Journalist, you can find more on thespiritualjournalist.com or you can listen to our conversations wherever you enjoy podcasts. And if you want to learn more about astrology, join me live every weekday morning on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for Today's Transits, where we break down the energy of the day based on the movement of the planets and start our morning off in a high vibe. All of the information we share on The Spiritual Journalist is completely free to you. So if you'd like to support more content like this, the easiest way to do so is to subscribe to our YouTube page. Just search The Spiritual Journalist. Or if you're feeling extra generous, you can buy me a coffee to fuel future live streams. Just tap the link in the description or head to buymeacoffee.com and search The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here and I can't wait for our next conversation.